How's it going tonight, everybody? We are Run the Real featuring Mike, Terry, Fox, and Dan. And we're back with, uh, I guess, a one off here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm so excited. Man, I remember hearing a certain someone on this podcast saying that he was tired of all things regarding this character a while back. Oh? Who was that? I know who it is. Who was it? <laughs> That's me. What? <laughs> I I knew it was gonna be it's gonna be sacrilegious to the dudes. I I'll admit it, I am kinda burnt out on Batman, but like I got nothing against Batman. I love Batman in the past, but he's just got too many uh things for me now. He's like everywhere. He is everywhere. It's very popular, yeah. He's the moneymaker. He's the number one in podcasting now, even. He beat out Joe Rogan on Spotify. <laughs> oh, yeah. Batman? Yeah. <laughs> Good work, Batman. <laughs> yeah, it's some, like, audio drama thing. I don't know what it is. But, yeah, we are talking about the Batman, by the way, if you listeners are <laughs> still wondering. <laughs> oh, yeah. Specifically, the recent film. Yeah, the Batman. <laughs> Did this come out this year or was this last year? This year. And yeah, I saw this movie came out and like everybody was giving it five stars. Like, it's such a good movie. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm just saying I noticed that. Did it get you excited, Mike? Well, we'll see. I'll, I left my review hidden on Letterboxd. <laughs> I noticed that. Mike usually, he he usually stars it. Made me a little nervous when I saw that. I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's got something to hide. Don't, don't worry. I, I did like it. I, I did like <laughs> it. <laughs> I just thought I'd, I'd throw you guys for loop. He's posing a mystery, <laughs> a riddle for us to solve to find his, his true review. You know, let's talk about this. We're going to do like a quick synopsis and then just our general spoiler-free thoughts on this before we jump into spoilers and categories. So there will be a spoiler warning at some point. You'll know when we switch over, so. Yet again, the new format's throwing me for a loop here because we like group pick this movie, so who wants to give the synopsis? Well, luckily I have a handy little uh, codex here that will uh, describe the plot most accurately. I found a clue on IMDb and it led me straight to this. When a sadistic serial killer begins murdering key political figures in Gotham, Batman is forced to investigate the city's hidden corruption and question his family's involvement. Oh, that's not bad. I was trying to think of how I would summarize this movie, and that's the, 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 the gist of things, I guess. It's a big old mystery. Yeah, trying to find this, the serial killer guy. And what's, he's try, and what's he trying to say, really? Hmm. Yeah, and... This is directed by Matt Reeves. It has Robert Pattinson as Batman, Zoe Kravitz as Selina Kyle, and Paul Dano as the the Riddler. And this is not connected to anything else, right? It's like a one-off. Well, not anymore. Is this getting a sequel, baby? They greenlit that? They did. Yeah, it's like another reboot. So, yeah, all by itself. Nothing else connected. I, I know I was talking to the TV about this. 
There's not many new movies that come out nowadays that I actually want them to make a sequel for. But this is one of those rare instances where I'm like super pumped for them to make more. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm the same way. But I, I, the first time I watched this in theaters, I was like, oh, God, Batman's the best. I got to watch more Batman. I like binge the Nolan trilogy. <laughs> I was like reading comics again. <laughs> I was like, I love Batman. I want more Batman. <laughs> He's got the fever. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to bring us back. What would you guys think of this? Non Non-spoiler overview. This one kind of has like a, it reminds me a lot of a Seven, you know, the old horror mystery thriller. Kind of a different take on the movie. I mean, the Nolan ones were kind of dark, but this one really has like a, I don't know, a sense of dread, I think. I mean, I think we could all agree that the Nolan trilogy is the best, like, incarnation of Batman in film that we've had so far. Wrong. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think I don't I don't think I agree anymore, unfortunately. <laughs> Not to give my hand away. I'll agree with the so far caveat, you know. Yeah. yeah that's why I put that in there. Um we'll see where this new one goes. But 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 like Fox said, it it it's similar to Nolan's stuff. But it hits a lot of different beats that his didn't do. So it still feels new and fresh. Because this is the first one that's like an actual mystery. And he's actually out there doing some detective work. He's stalking people. He's spying on them while they're getting changed with his binoculars. <laughs> he's breaking into clubs and stuff to mess with the, the gang leaders and everything. It's like a noir style influence mixed with like Seven, Saw, and Zodiac. Yeah, it's got this just this vibe of, yeah, despair, I guess, and darkness, bleakness. Everything's just so depressing. But like, it's also got kind of, yeah, like a more like comic book feel to it as well, I think, because it just does feel a little more pulpy and like, oh, yeah, like noir is kind of that same vein, I guess, where it's a little bit like dramatic and cool in that way, too. It's very action packed as well. And brooding and slow and, you know, it's, it's a lot of things all at once, which I think is really cool. Yeah, but you guys have talked about what one of the things I liked the most about this was DC usually goes for this dark vibe in their movies and they just never quite hit it for me. But this one like hit that and it hit it well. Like Gotham is incredibly dark. Some of the things Batman does and things that happen in this movie are pretty dark. And especially the Riddler, things he does are pretty dark. And it hit that vibe perfectly. Also, it made the Batman pretty um, menacing. I don't know, there was this motif in the soundtrack, this piano track, when Batman would come on and he'd either solve a clue or he'd like be hiding in the shadows and walk out. Oh, I love that too. Like It made Batman pretty cool again. That opening where it's like, going through all the criminals doing stuff and then they see like um his signal in the sky and then it cuts to them looking at a dark corner and they're freaking out that he's in there they made him so menacing and terrifying and then his boots when he's like walking to confront somebody you can hear his footsteps coming when he's wanting to terrify him instead of sneak up on him oh man that was great Yes, yes. 
throws you right in. Like it's like the perfect tone setter for the whole film. Like it puts you straight into Batman's mindset. It kind of shows you how the world reacts to Batman as well. All this kind of stuff. It's it's so cool. Oh man, and yeah, that that voiceover is just so like perfect. Such like a noir, but with a Batman like edgy slant. That's so cool. Oh yeah, he's like a little more raw than we've seen him. You know, a little less, a little less precise, a little more. Kind of like a back alley brawler. I mean, I know it's early in his career, but Christian Bale was pretty like cold and calculated, and Pattinson's a little more, a little more edgy. I think. Uh, I agree with that. He's he's very edgy. <laughs> we can get into that, but um, but yeah, it's cool because the Christian Bale Batman was trained by assassins, right? The League of Shadows, whereas this one, he's just been trained to fight by Alfred, like. It's not a reinvention of the character. They're just taking it in a different direction. Yeah, he's not like flying around the, the screen like a Batfleck, which was cool in its own way. I like the um, the fight scenes with Batman and like Batman versus Superman. That was really cool to see him like going crazy like that. But this is, yeah, very much, it feels like more realistic, I guess. Yeah, it's more just kind of him like throwing punches, you know, yeah, doing dodges, getting hit every once in a while. It just feels like, yeah, this is what would happen with a, a Batman in real life. It's just really cool. And it's going to, all this talk about the tone and everything that they're setting is going to lead me to my first big, biggest criticism, I'll say, of this film is that it is rated PG-13. This movie should have been R-rated 100%. And it's such a missed opportunity that they didn't do that. It irritates me. I, I don't, it, it's weird, right? Because we, we can probably talk about that more in the spoiler section. But I'd say out of everything in this movie, that is my one main criticism I have is that it's PG-13. Oh, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I think it's really impressive what they were able to accomplish keeping it PG-13. But man, I think that R rating would have really pushed that cool factor, if it's even possible, up another notch. I'll spoil a little bit of my thoughts on this. I don't like it better than The Dark Knight, right? I still think that's the golden standard for Batman and superhero movies, right? But if this had been rated R, I think it might have been my new favorite Batman movie. You know, I I didn't know this movie was PG-13 um, when I was watching it. I kind of thought it was R, so I think they do a good job pulling their weight with this one. It does feel like an R-rated movie if, like, I didn't know that now. And I assume it was probably a studio decision. I'm not, not knocking or anything. I think it was the studio's probably like, yeah, we'll do this, but you got to make it PG-13. Because, I mean, this is Warner Brothers, and they I feel like they've kind of messed up most of their superhero stuff consistently. So That they do. But, I mean, so my only counter to that would be that they've also had great success with their R-rated superhero movies, right? Most recently, the Zack Snyder Justice League edition was like blew up when that came out and got very, very good reviews from everybody involved. And I'm like, it's Batman. If people are worried that they're about not getting kids in to see the movie, I don't think they should worry that much because it's Batman, <laughs> you know? I mean, you, you will lose some people. 
You will, but I don't think they'd lose as much as they think they would. I mean, the new Suicide Squad was awesome, and I think pretty successful, you know, successful enough to have a whole spin-off show of one of the characters, and that show is also, I guess, quote, quote, R-rated, you know? It clashes with the tone a little bit for me, because they have to pull their punches occasionally. Because this is the, the dirtiest, grittiest Gotham we've had, and it's like the best interpretation of it we've seen on screen, I think. So I just... I. It feels weird to me that they wouldn't go for broke. I, I don't know. I don't feel like that's it lacks anything for me. I think it's all really like, I don't know if tastefully done is the right word, but it's like done enough that I'm still like in shock about the things that the Riddler does. Um, even if I don't get actually see like, yeah, blood or anything like that. I, it's still like really intimidating and scary every time the Riddler is doing something. I don't feel like I'm like missing something necessarily. Um, I'm not saying that the rated I wouldn't enjoy a rated R cut of this either, but uh, I don't know. I, I I didn't really ever feel like I was lacking anything from not having the R. And, and see, for me, when I'm watching it and they do a camera trick or something, I'm just like it pulls me out a little bit because I'm like, nope, they got to do that to keep it PG-13. That's a shame. I think too that the end of the movie would have benefited from it. Though I could be persuaded differently on that, and we'll we can get to that when we get there. <laughs> well, are we there? Are we ready to talk? Start talking spoilers. I suppose the people probably know that we enjoyed this one, and it's pretty cool. <laughs> so <laughs> you better watch it if you haven't seen it already. <laughs> yeah, I'll just throw out. I think this is my favorite Batman interpretation on live screen. It's the, my favorite so far. So if that wasn't clear. Yes, it's great. I love it. It's awesome. Yeah, go watch it and come back because we're talking spoilers. We, we've hit the wall now, and we're going to do our category breakdown. First, we're going to try and focus on story and acting, and then we're going to get into visuals and audio, followed by some overall presentations. So I've been thinking about this movie a little bit since I watched it, trying to figure out. I did like it. I didn't like it more than The Dark Knight. And I think I know why. And that's what I'm going to bring up. One of my main criticisms about this, I like the mystery style, the the actual detective stuff he does. But the way they do um, the story in this movie, I don't get a ton of time with the Riddler. And I wish I got more with the Riddler and Batman, like some more interaction there. Because this is almost a three-hour movie. And it focuses on a bunch of other stuff. And I feel like the Riddler kind of gets shafted in his own movie a little bit. Because Paul Dano's Riddler was really pretty cool. Yeah, they don't really meet until towards the end, really, of the whole movie. Yeah. And I th think the reason I like the Dark Knight better is because you get a ton of Joker and Batman interaction. I feel like they could have had that same level in this movie. But just the, the route they took didn't allow it. Well... I'll say, too, like, Heath Ledger's Joker is awesome, right? And just that interpretation of the character was so good in that movie because he's the opposite of everything Batman is. So it was, it was perfect. Like, that's about as good as it's going to get for a, a hero and his villain, you know? But the Riddler, I think, is just as good as that as the joker when it comes to the interpretation for the movie 
I think it's on the same level as Joker and that it's like a game changer for the character. Plus, when I was watching it this go through, or this the second time watching it for this review, right? I noticed that him and Batman are pretty similar in how they go about things. Mm-hmm. That's a whole plot point. Yeah, and I, I was so glad they touched on that because they are. They're pretty much the same, except Batman is doing heroic work and the Riddler's killing people. Like, they, they stalk people. Um, Riddler makes traps, but... Um, <laughs> They capture people, they intimidate them, all this stuff. And then they touch on how Batman is actually inspiring villains to step up and be super villains, basically. And I was like, I didn't think this one was going to go there, but that's like awesome. And that's the kind of stuff they did in The Dark Knight that made that one so good. That whole reveal of uh, the interrogation scene, when they do finally meet, and this is why I kind of... I don't know. I like that the Riddler is kind of in the shadows for a lot of it, because I think that's kind of the whole mystery is like, who is he? Why is he doing this? You know, it keeps it more like up in the air. It makes it more scary because all we get is like him on the tapes and stuff like that being crazy and weird. I I like that aspect. But when they do finally meet, it's like, yeah, that revelation of like, he's like, we're friends, right? We're the same person. You know, when you put on your mask, I was like, oh, I could do that too. This is gonna, we're like buddies, right? And then Batman, like the slow realization that he's like, wait, what? No, no, no. (laughs) That's such a brilliant angle to take on it. I think it's just, it's, they're, they are like the same, they're doing the same thing. Even the Riddler, he's not, you know, he's, of course, he's killing people and doing bad things, but under the heart of it, you know, he's exposing corruption and he's revealing, all this bad stuff that's happening. It's the same thing Batman would do. He just wouldn't murder anybody. You know, he'd expose it, but he wouldn't kill anybody. Oh, yeah. I think to your point about it being a mystery TV, I I will say one of my least favorite things in mystery movies is whenever they give us, like, shots of, like, the villain doing, you know, setting up whatever they're going to do next, giving us, you know, a little little smoking gun or whatever, a little, little hint tidbit before the hero gets it. And then it's like, you know, we already know. What's the mystery? So I do like him kind of being in the background, but then also how relevant he is being like a weird, you know, 8chan, QAnon kind of guy, getting his internet followers to (laughs) sign up. And yeah, I mean, they're totally misinterpreting this, you know, vigilante figure, not unlike a lot of people on the internet misinterpret some other Batman villains. Yeah, I thought that whole like subplot layer that you were just touching on there like the riddler is kind of a keyboard warrior with the following online and he's like conspiracy theorist kind of feels like i like that quite a bit that was super interesting i just wanted more of that as well so i i see both sides i'm just like on the other side of it it was so good i was like i want more of that yeah that whole reveal where he is like when they find his like stream and he's like a seemingly like a normal sounding dude. He's like, Hey guys, it's me again. <laughs> it's like such a, like a funny reveal, but also it's like, wow, this guy is just like, you know, he's, he's unhinged, but he's, he's just a normal guy too, which is makes him a little even scarier. Um, I don't know. It's, I, I kind of see what you're saying though, Mike. Yeah. Like he's such an interesting character. And it, I mean, I wouldn't mind of seeing more of him as well, just because Paul Dan is so awesome as well as the Riddler too. Yeah, definitely. It, it's interesting because you do feel the presence of his character and what he's doing, even when he's not there. 
But I think too, to your point, Mike, it would have been cool if they would have done like a seven with Kevin Spacey, where he just shows up and then becomes a main character for the rest of the movie. You know, if they could have like, once they caught him, incorporated him more somewhat, you know, like that, that would have been pretty cool too. I, I like that because you have, once they catch him and you have that interrogation scene or that first interaction, which was sweet, that was super well done. Um, yeah, he's just kind of like out of it. He has a little teaser of him with, I guess, Joker, but he's just like gone. And I felt kind of cheaped out with that. I'll agree with that. That's like my biggest issue. The whole ending. I don't know. It's just like over. I don't, I don't know. Like Riddler's like my plan was 95% successful, but darn it, I was foiled again. Roll the credits. <laughs> Not really, though. Honestly, he pretty much won in this movie. Right? But like he's so grumpy in the prison scene there, even though he won. He's mad that Batman, he, though, I think he's just, he's mad, you know, Batman wasn't who he thought he was. I, I love the the idea that yeah it's like the class it's the funny trope where it's like the villain like lays out the plans and he's like I already beat I already did this like t two minutes ago you know and he's like when <laughs> he's like why are you telling me this that's kind of what the Riddler does in this like he's already won that's why he turns himself in he's like yeah, I'm gonna succeed now so I, there's no point in me continuing the game any longer I I like that like when Bat the reveal is like oh crap he's still going and he's yeah he's he's planned it out so far ahead beyond uh, what Batman thought he had. And he overestimates Batman too, which is cool. You don't you don't see villains overestimate their opponents very often. Yeah, because even Batman's like, "What are you talking about? We're done, right?" And he's like, "Oh, you're not as smart as I thought you were." Oh, yeah, <laughs> that hit pretty good when that happened. I was like, "Oh," and just the build up to that, where um, the Riddler's like, "Bruce Wayne." <laughs> Pattinson does such a great job on that because all you can really see is that dude's eyes, but you can feel he's like crap in his pants. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I didn't know what he was going to do. I was like on probably the most intense part of the whole movie was when he's seeing that stuff that's making it seem like he knows who he is right in the apartment. And then it goes straight to him interrogating him. I was like, like, is this where he's going to get like super, um, antagonistic with the cops you know because he already is a little bit but is this going to be is he going to like destroy the evidence or do something like that that whole scene is so like yeah you're right Pattinson like his like lips like kind of like not quivering but like he can he reacts every time like Riddler's like Bruce and it's like oh man that scene is good because yeah I was on the edge of my seat in the theater when he did that because like oh he figured it out like he's gonna he's busted like this is it but. yeah <laughs> I guess maybe the Riddler's not quite as smart as Batman thought he was either. Maybe that's kind of part of it, too. I don't know. Yeah, it, it's so good. So well done. That was my favorite scene in the movie was their first interaction. What really cracks me up is that the cops don't put two and two together. Like, Batman thinks that, like, you know, the Riddler's figured it out. And he's like, oh, my God, because the Riddler's like, I know who you are, Bruce Wayne. And you know there's a ton of cops watching on the camera. None of them are even like, hmm. <laughs> they're waiting to see how it plays out. Yeah, I mean, they're just like, I wonder realized. where this is going. <laughs> eventually he realized Redler's not talking about him being Bruce Wayne. He's talking about Bruce Wayne's the last guy we didn't kill or whatever. So, And the one he like identifies with the most too. 
But it on your point, Fox, it, it is really cool because it's like a wink to the audience at the same time, right? Because the we know he's Batman, so we're transported directly into how Batman is feeling at that instance. Whereas, like, nobody else knows that that's that Bruce Wayne's Batman in the scenario. So it it's really cool from that aspect. It's able to transport you directly into what Bruce Wayne's feeling at that moment. <laughs> Batman's just trying to play it cool, but yeah, you can tell he's like inside his head. It's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> he looks like the one being interrogated. Yeah, yeah. He does. He's like, he's like staring off into the corner, not making eye contact. <laughs> yeah. Then when he finally figures out that Riddler doesn't know, you can just like his body language completely changes. It's so good. <laughs> he's back to Batman again. Yeah, he's like, oh, good. Okay. <laughs> See, See, yeah, that's why I wanted more of Batman and Riddler. That stuff was like next level. The other characters are great too. I, I loved the Penguin. Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman was fun, uh, but I did like the bro Gordon in this one. He He really felt like a little buddy cop to me. That's my favorite part of the movie is just the bromance between Gordon and Batman. That that was perfect. That was my second favorite thing I liked. Jeffrey Wright killed it. He killed it as Lieutenant Gordon in this. He was so good. Gary Oldman's like the perfect like living interpretation of Gordon, right? He looks just like him, and he's great in The Dark Knight. But Jeffrey Wright, oh my god, he's just as good <laughs> as Gary Oldman was in The Dark Knight. And he plays it, like, different too, but he's just as good. Like, that was, I wasn't expecting to like him as Gordon as much as I did. It was awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah. Man, I think we're coming into, like, a golden age of Jeffrey Wright's career. His stuff over the last, like, three, four years has just been killer. Everything he's in. Yeah, his take is so good. Yeah, it's like, it, he is kind of like the stereotypical, like, gruff voice detective, you know, like that would be in the noir investigating everything. He's got the the low, grumbly voice. He's kind of, yeah, on the edge and all this stuff. He's working with a vigilante. It's It's great. Yeah, I love this interpretation so much. I also loved the guy who played um, Falcone. John Tudoro, he was perfect. That's the guy from The Big Lebowski, if, uh, <laughs> if you remember him too. And that, and he did great. I thought he had a standout performance as well. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Every, like, I don't I think I have any complaints at all with any of the acting. Everything's amazing. Like, Penguin, he's probably my favorite, like, side character. Uh, who was the guy who plays it? Because they did like a ton of makeup for that guy, right? That's Colin Farrell. How the heck is that Colin Farrell? That continues to blow my mind. He is so fun to watch. Like he is such an entertaining villain. When he's like going in car chases with Batman, he's like cackling to himself, thinking he won. You know, he's like freaking out when the Batman's charging his car at him. Oh man, I love watching the Penguin in this. He's he's a lot. He's a lot of fun too. I love that he's like a Jersey like mafioso now not like a you know british ex-aristocracy you know fading glory family he's just like he's like out of the sopranos it's cracking me up <laughs> it's great it fits so well too with what they're doing with it i like that they made that change for him 
It it is cool that you get um, all this world building in the movie too. Like, there's a lot of Batman like classic characters in this, and they all get a decent amount of screen time and have pretty interesting arcs throughout it. I think, and that was something I appreciated as well. Like, this movie's almost three hours, and I feel like it earned that three hours with me. It, it's genius because of how the story's set up as a mystery. They're just moving from one clue to the next. And so it's a perfect way to just introduce all these characters and the new versions of them in this movie, right? It's easy to keep track of everybody. You don't get confused who's who. And with so many characters in this, it's a huge accomplishment to be able to do that. That's one of my biggest, uh, yeah like achievements i think is because i mean it's like the common like superhero trope people will start to complain it's like oh well now like you know spider-man 3 oh we have like three different villains in this you know it's it just gets messy and that, like that's like the i don't know that's i feel like in superhero movies especially that seems like a it's a bad sign when you start to see like at least more than like one or two villains in it and this movie's got so much stuff but it balances it all perfectly and it doesn't like feel like anything's really giving one way or the other like every every yeah like it's just all perfectly balanced for me and i think it yeah it doesn't feel like anybody's lacking anything or anybody's like uh overly exposed and then somebody shows up at the end randomly you know it's it's all it all fits and meshes and builds up to something and where everybody's like it makes sense why everybody's in this and everything like that too especially like coming off of paul thomas anderson like inherent vice i think this had the potential to wind up like inherent vice and it doesn't. And that is an achievement. <laughs> yeah. It's so perfect for me, too, because it hits like reading one of the new 52 comics of Batman as well. Because there's whenever I read those, yeah, all those side characters do show up and they have all their separate side comics, um, but they have a little cameo. And this movie does that same thing to like that format. I feel like they set up so many different things they could do to continue it on with the way they have all these different characters and stuff in there. And they touch on so many things. I, I feel like the story in this is kind of a commentary of today's times, too, because it's got all the political corruption and stuff going on in the background of it. And the mayor's character is actually pretty interesting in this, too, I thought. She has a very small part, but I was like, okay, yeah, you can see all the politics going on behind what's going on, too. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I love all that. I think the the themes of this are really cool, too, with, like, the, the I guess, and even, like, the character arc of Batman himself, I really like, where it's, like, uh, he's very angsty. I mean, he's always angsty, but it's Batman, but, like, he's <laughs> very downtrodden, you know, like, this city's eating itself alive, and it's, like, this is... I've been working on the streets, you know, beating up criminals. They fear me. But by the end of the movie, he realizes that that maybe that's not the quite the right way to go about this because look what happens. People like the Riddler are like, yeah, fear's the way to do it. We got to use fear. Let's put on our masks, you know, and he's inspiring the wrong type of thing. And it's interesting to see him like go from that perspective of fear is the ultimate weapon to being like, well, maybe I need to shift gears here and be a little more be a symbol of hope rather than a symbol of fear or something like that. I, I, I like that arc a lot. It, it's cool because that's how Batman is in most of the comics, right? He, he, the villains fear him, but all everybody else, like, he's a, he's a beacon of hope for him. And this movie touches on that, which is something that the Nolan ones never did. 
But it's cool because everybody forgets about that aspect of the character. But he actually discovers that in this movie and leans into it. Like I probably said my favorite scene three or four times already in this. But <laughs> like my other favorite scene is like when he goes down there at the very end with the flare and it's like leading all the people out of the out of the dark and into the light such a perfect representation of what his character is all about i totally agree with all of that although it does kind of lead into my i guess i might i mentioned it already my one big criticism of the movie is i just wanted like 10 15 more minutes at the end like we definitely cover that he, you know, this is, he lost. It's a lesson learned, and he's going to be a beacon of hope now, and the Riddler's mad that it, Batman's not who he thought he was. But I kind of leave feeling just a touch unsatisfied. I guess I just wanted to see more of the aftermath. Because, like, some big stuff happens, like, on a scale even unprecedented in the Nolan movies. Like, there's got to be thousands dead in Gotham after the Riddler blows up that levee. And I just don't feel like we spend a lot of time talking about how ridiculously huge that impact is. And even like, I don't know, how it relates to Batman and the Riddler. The movie just kind of ends when it ends, I feel like. I don't know. You know what I mean? I don't think you're wrong. And this, it kind of relates to some other issues I have with it too, but we'll get to them when we get to them. Is I think that they're going to address that more in the sequel, or at least I would hope so. There's a lot of things in this movie that work for it now, but need to be addressed in a sequel, <laughs> I think, too. I just figure it's already three hours. What's the harm in tacking ten more minutes on? Come on. I don't know. Have him, have him drag like a, you know, a school bus out of the, the, the water or something with the cool Batmobile. I don't know. Just a little, a little indication besides his rambling, you know, Patrick Bateman-esque speeches that, <laughs> <laughs> that he's going to be a beacon of hope. One of my criticisms, I think, is I think Batman is a little too edgy. His, um, like, Bruce Wayne face, he's pretty edgy as well as when he's Batman. And I kind of don't like that. I wish there was some more separation between the two. So I do, but I feel like that's kind of the Batman they're going for. Is he's kind of edgy. He's like, oh yeah, I'm doing so much better. But I don't know if he's going to actually do it. I think that's kind of the idea of this movie. Like his arc is like him learning that that's not the only way. Because I think it is since it's so early in his career, he hasn't quite figured out how to balance like his two lives. Like in this movie, yeah, he's very like brooding as Bruce Wayne. He's brooding as Batman. He's pretty much the same person for both, honestly. And I think that that's another like kind of theme of the movies. I think he realizes like the his legacy. He's been ignoring the Wayne legacy this whole movie, um, with the uh, Alfreds coming up to him being like, "You got to wear your cufflinks, you know, you're a Wayne." And so I don't care about the Waynes. I just care about this. And that's kind of where like the family corruption realizes like they, these villains have been using his family's money to do all this horrible stuff that he hasn't even thought about because he quote unquote doesn't care and like. Honestly, he could do so much good with all that money, too. And I think he realizes that at the end, too, which I like. So I don't know. I think they're going to address that as well in the second one, which maybe is kind of a cop out. But like, I think that's his arc, like, is that he learns not to just be the Batman. I really like what Pattinson had to say about the character in that regard, I guess. Because he talks about how he like based it on Kurt Cobain, right? Who like, you know, hugely famous, you know, kind of anti-establishment musician, 
but he like, you know, being anti-establishment, he despised the fame. You know, he was so depressed that everybody was like missing the point of what he was doing. And I, I do kind of like that about young, early Bruce Wayne. Yeah, see that they play a Nirvana song too. And I was, I had that stuck in my head that did fit pretty good. I do think he is a bit much at times. Like him always being a jerk to Alfred. I thought that was a bit much because it went from him being just like broody, depressed adult to kind of like snot nosed teenager feeling with the writing and the lines he was given to say sometimes, especially when dealing with Alfred. Like, I agree with you, TV, on that this whole movie's him learning that he's got to um, embrace the Wayne legacy. And the next, kind of like what I was saying earlier, too, they that's something they have to address in the sequel, especially with the revelations that his fund, his father set up, was never used for anything good, and that criminals have been using all that money for years and years now to fund their like drug business and everything else right it's like he has to adopt the bruce wayne personality in in a sequel now they just they have to do it if they don't then that's going to be a huge blow against them and i mean it's arguably too that bruce wayne does more for gotham than batman does anyways so yeah, he could probably do more good. Yeah, that's always been like the debate of like Batman where it's like this guy just goes out and beats up thugs every night, you know, but like as Bruce Wayne, he could be like funding charities and stuff, which he does in the comics. But it's just like, yeah, that's kind of a, a thing that he I don't think has crossed his mind really in this movie yet until the end. Like, oh, yeah, I guess I could. I think, you know, even like other characters like Catwoman kind of brings that up. Like, it's like you're just some which you don't understand the criminal mind, you know, like you don't understand why the people are pushed to do these things. You know, you don't know how bad it really is out there and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And the mayor elect does it too. And when Bruce actually makes an appearance at that funeral. <laughs> well, Hey, I'm glad you brought up Alfred because my, my wife wanted me to ask. We, we, we had a debate. I, I didn't feel like he was that much meaner than he's been historically to Alfred, but she felt like he was especially cruel and demeaning to Alfred. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I don't know. I mean, he's been that way in the past, I thought. I don't know. I felt so bad for Alfred. I was like, don't do it. I felt bad for him, but I feel like that in every Batman movie where he's rude to Alfred. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I didn't think it was anything new, but maybe he is meaner. And he holds his hand at the end. They, they, they get they get better, but you know, but I, I think it hits different because he's so like dark and depressed and brooding the whole movie. It just like, ugh. <laughs> mm -hmm. there was, I, I agree. I hated the Alfred interaction that, you know, this Batman had the one scene I'm going to bring up was when he was like, you're not my dad. Oh God. I was like, was at that point I was like mad. I was like, what are they doing <laughs> to this relationship? Man, they did the same thing in the Nolan ones. They have that tiff sometimes. Yeah, that comes up, you know. I, I don't know. From my experience of Batman, I was upset at that scene alone. And I was like, okay, this is too edgy. He's kind of like, um, spoiled rich kid at this point is what that kind of came off to me as it hits worse in this one i think and i think it's just because how dark 
toned it is because i mean the nolan one's dark toned but this one's even like gotham is more dark than it is in the nolan one plus in nolan i mean alfred's in more than just like three scenes too so i i don't think it hits as bad and i mean it's still bad you know but it feels worse than this one because alfred's barely in it that's true i would say that but if i had a complaint I would say Alfred is underutilized in this, I would think. Like, he isn't really in it that much. And, like, I think Andy Serkis does a decent job as Alfred, but he doesn't really get a lot of chances. Like, he kind of puts up with Bruce Wayne's his crap, and then he gets blown up and he goes to the hospital, and that's, like, it. We could. It would have been nice to have a scene or two after that. Like, we're, I mean, they hold hands or whatever, but it would have been nice to have, like, a different, like, relationship dynamic after that or something. Yeah, it's kind of kind of frustrating. I don't know. It seems like Alfred's even usually like pretty helpful on the sides, you know, like helping him tune his weapons and gear and and here he just I don't know, just kind of there. He tries to help but doesn't really do anything. He solves some puzzles but mistranslates the Spanish or something. <laughs> I I love angsty Batman in this, like or angsty Bruce Wayne. R- Robert Pattinson's take on this is like Oh, it's such a vibe. I just love like droopy hair over his face. He's still got like the ma- the makeup on his eyes, you know, from where he wears the, the mask. Oh, and like he's like literally like listening to that Nirvana song as he's like <laughs> analyzing his tapes. It's like, oh, this is the perfect vibe. Like it's it's it's, a, it's so much different than we've seen from Batman and like the other movies too. But it it works so well, I think, as well. I don't know. I just love this angsty version of him. It's just great. It plays nicely into the whole like commentary on is is he actually a little bit nuts too, you know, because he does look like it, but just tone it down a bit, though, just a bit. <laughs> uh, don't get me wrong. I did love Pattinson as Batman, too. I I knew the dude could do it from the minute they like announced it. Um, he's a great, like, eye and chin and mouth actor, too, <laughs> because most of the movie, that's all you see of him, and he does, like, a perfect job, always standing, like, mouth slightly agape throughout the whole movie, and I don't know. Let me ask you guys this. Where's this rank in the Batman suit echelon? What do you think of the Batman costume? You know, I, it's weird. I love the ben affleck costume like i think that one is my favorite except for the cowl i don't like his cowl i like this cowl quite a bit though i think this is my second favorite overall suit i really dug like the the actual armor look of his like breastplate and stuff and then like um how he has an actual wingsuit that he has to use to fly around. I don't dig, like, his batarang being in his chest. I think that's kind of silly. But the rest of the suit, I, I love. I love how it looks. Oh, yeah. I love his tech suits. I Admittedly, I'm not a huge fan of, like, the classic, you know, onesie, tight, got a bulge going on kind of suits. <laughs> I think my favorite one, honestly, I don't know if it counts TV in your ranking system, but the uh, <laughs> the Arkham Knight suit at the end of that game, I think that suit's like the coolest. And this is pretty close to that iteration. So it's an easy second for me. I don't know. I can't remember too many of the other Batman suits besides like the mechanical bat suit that uh, Ben Affleck wore. Which that looked cool. So, I mean, I think it was good. The The costume was pretty good and it fit um the batman they were playing so i liked it 
I'm kind of the same as Dan. I think my favorite... I don't know if this is my favorite or not. It might be. It's hard to pick because I think the Ben Affleck one was like probably like the coolest. Um, I don't know. But this one has such a different vibe. He feels like the Batman who's going to perch like a gargoyle over the city and brood a bit. He's got like army boots on and stuff. Like he he's cool. I love his collar too because he's got like that cool looking collar. I, I might go with this one. I don't know. I really really love the the Batflex suit though. I think that that one's just and it has a different. It's more comic booky, but I think it it's just so cool as well. We should talk about Catwoman some though because I do have one problem with Catwoman in this. Um, I should say Catwoman and Batman. I don't buy the romance at all in this. Of all the plot points in this, that one did not work for me at all. Agree. Because Catwoman's always interesting. Like, she's a love interest in the comics. And I think that's why she's a love interest in this. Um, But it's interesting because she's always, like, in the gray area when it comes to, like, if Batman should do something to stop her and just let her do her own thing. Right. And that's always really interesting with her character um, and how it relates to Batman and what he will and won't allow, you know, and things like that. And is, oh, is he just doing it because he's in love with her or does he really not think it's too bad or is it really that bad in the long run, too? It just didn't work in this one, though. Like they didn't I didn't feel like they had much chemistry together, which didn't help. And then it felt forced which is never a good thing. <laughs> I think it was a little rushed, maybe. I, I thought they had a lot of chemistry, actually. But uh, I, I do think that the, it feels kind of weird to me that like her girlfriend, roommate, whoever that Russian woman is that gets killed, I got the vibe that they were like a dating couple. or something, or a couple, yeah. But then she kind of like latches onto Batman right away after that. So I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. I should rephrase. I think they have chemistry, but not like... How to say it? Not not like they don't have much sexual tension. I'll go for that, I guess. They don't have that kind of chemistry going on in this movie. I agree with some of that, Dan, but I think it was more on like the Batman side. It felt very Batman was so standoffish and weird. I was okay with the, the romance and stuff. I thought they had chemistry, but I just thought the way they were presenting Batman, there was kind of off i don't know i thought that was what was wrong i like the cat woman in this yeah she's great i like her character a lot i wish she had like the actual suit she'll probably get it later in a sequel i do like cat woman in this overall though i just didn't like that romance plot line it needed more with it i think but i really liked her parents situation and how like both her and bruce have a a lack of that and it's something that's like ruled over all their actions like going into their adult lives you know i thought that was a really neat way to take her character and make her relate to bruce i thought that was cool and i mean that's a good like connection that they have that could lead to a better romance down the line um if they focus on it i guess more and then, like, of course, how they interact and their viewpoints on justice was also very good. 
I think, yeah, I think she's a really good foil to him. Like kind of, she does show him like the, the side of like the criminal side where they're not, they're not all scum, you know, like he, he thinks, cause he, he kind of has that issue in this movie sometimes too, where he's like, he crossed the line. He deserved, he's like, you almost sound like he think he should have, he deserved to die. And Batman's like, uh, he crossed the line that, you know, blah, blah, blah. He was a criminal. He, he, <laughs> he got what was coming to him, but it's not always that black and white. And I think Catwoman shows that to him a little bit. She also has a line where she like disses Bruce Wayne. Yeah. <laughs> and I was there for it. I was like, ah, oh, yeah. Cause you can see Pat says like, what? <laughs> yeah, that was great. <laughs> I do really hope they're setting it up for like a betrayal or something. And obviously this comes down to like personal preference, but I just really prefer a Catwoman who's like a kleptomaniac first and like an anti-hero slash lover second. And I, I don't know if that's this Catwoman. Yeah, I do like it when she's more like, you're not sure what she's going to do next kind of thing. Because it seems like in the comics these days, for the most part, I haven't read any modern, more recent Batman stuff, but it always felt to me like she was totally on Batman's side no matter what. And I kind of like it when it's like, Sometimes we're together, sometimes we're not, and it just depends. I think we should move on if if anybody's got anything left, um, because I want to talk about the visuals. I've been waiting. <laughs> I've got one more thing. I want to discuss the Riddler's ultimate, like, his last thing, the, the mass shooting at the end, right? And this is kind of going to tie back to part of what I said earlier about my biggest criticism of the film. And you guys can disagree or agree or whatever. And let me know if I, if it's too, if it's too much, I think that they should have, this movie should have been rated R for the mass shooting at the end, because there's not really much that happens there. I don't think they shoot and kill a single person at that mass shooting. And that kind of like ruins the impact of that whole plot point. Like, of course, he floods the city and gets everybody in the one place, but the mass shooting doesn't occur. And I, I think that's because it's rated PG-13. If it was rated R, then they could have actually shown him shooting the civilians and maybe like and like shooting the mayor elect and stuff like that. And that would have made it much more impactful and made it hit home a lot more and then like have Batman show up because like that's the consequence he didn't figure it out and so he has to live with that the Riddler won even more than he already did because all those innocent people are dead because he didn't figure it out in time but they don't showcase that at all he just shows up pretty much right away after they, they hit the mayor-elect in the shoulder or whatever and then stops it. Man, I'm with you there. Consequences. The Riddler won, dang it. Let's talk about how he won. I don't know if I needed to see. I think they were shooting people. I don't I don't think that they did not like hit anybody that whole time. I'm, I'm sure they hit it. I was pretty horrified when they just started blasting in there. I don't... Really need to see the civilians getting gunned down. I, it's implied enough for me, I think, where it's, yeah, they're blasting out. You know, we're hearing gunshots everywhere. These people are definitely getting hit. Mm-hmm. And, and see, that's why I didn't know if maybe I, I was just taking it too far or not. But I think because it is, it's, it's horrifying. Like when when they first find his laptop and you figure out exactly what's going on and then they cut to like all the his cronies showing up dressed up like him. 
at the arena or whatever, like that is the most horrifying part of the movie because you're like, oh my God, he's arranged a mass shooting at the one safe place in the city. And I, I feel like it loses some of its impact because they don't showcase it. Yeah, I'm I'm with you, TV, on this one. But I also see where you're coming from, Dan. It doesn't have that like final oomph like The Dark Knight has. Um, and spoiler, when the Joker like blows up that building, you know, and does all his stuff. So I get that. But I think, yeah, for the Batman and the story and the tone they were going for with this one, I think, yeah, that would have put it over the edge for a lot of people if they like showed more of it. I don't know, because, yeah, I do think they shot some people. They flooded the city, which was interesting, and completely, like, changed the setting, which was cool. I wish they would have leaned more into that. Um, so, I, I don't know. I'm kind of more on the side with UTV. It does play in the current events, too, along with that kind of like what you were talking about earlier, too, Mike. So, it, it, it's a touchy subject, because I do think you're right that it probably would have been too much for a lot of people. That's a very, very valid point, actually. Um, and I totally get why they didn't do it. I just think for me, if they would have gone that far with it and didn't pull that punch, I think that would have set this one above the Dark Knight for me. Because, I mean, the Dark Knight doesn't pull that punch. Granted, it's not a mass shooting as well either in that one because you've got him blowing up the building and then the whole boat scene and then winning with Harvey Dent and stuff like that too, which that all hits real hard. But this one, it does feel to me a bit like they pull that punch just because they don't want to show that and they want to keep it PG-13. I don't know. I, I just don't think it. I, I don't think it's necessary, really. I think they get across what they need to. I, I... I, I don't know if I need the the like the, the to see like the blood and the people falling necessarily. I don't know. I just maybe that's too much. Maybe that's just me though. Yeah, personal it might be a little, a little too close to home. You know, a little. We get what they're doing. We don't need to watch them brutally die. You know, we get it. People are dying. Like, it's yeah. I don't know. I don't know. They they don't have to be super brutal about it or anything. But yeah, I do think this needed an R rating from the tone, and it's. This goes back to that. I think they pulled a lot of punches with that and like the Riddler, a lot of what he's doing. And it takes me out of the experience just a bit. I mean, I'm kind of with you, though. Like, I, it definitely doesn't have to be too brutal, but I kind of got the indication that Batman got there and saved the day before things got too bad. I didn't feel like it was implied that things got real dicey. I think he got there before it got too bad. I mean, not everybody's dead, but I think people did get hurt. Like, we even see the mayor, the elect, get shot. You know, she didn't die. That's the only person we see get shot. Yeah, but we hear gunshots, we hear screaming. Like, it it didn't, it did get bad. Like, I don't know if it was, you know, he didn't, he saved the, he didn't really save the day either. Like, this is not a win situation for him. Yeah, he just keeps it from getting worse. <laughs> I mean, he does save the day because it could have been, yeah, a massacre. Yeah, a massacre, which it isn't, because he gets there. And that's good. That's how it should go down. I guess I kind of feel like they missed an opportunity, though, because they have all of these corrupt politicians. Like, we know that all, like, they, you know, not all, but the majority of Gotham's politicians and, like, head social figures are, like, on Falcone's payroll. And Falcone's dead, but, like, the Penguin is still there. But all these people are still alive, and Batman knows they're in league with the Mafia, 
So I guess we've missed our chance to have a clean slate, and now we're just going to have to accept that Batman knows all these politicians are criminals and has no choice but to let them continue being politicians. But we, the new mayor's not corrupt, though. Well, that's one person out of a whole administration. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, that's the dark truth, you know. It goes deeper than you ever imagined. That's the whole noir thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I, he's lost. Like, I mean, that sucks. The, the city's been exposed. But I think the city's been exposed to this as well. Like, it's revealed to all the people as well that the, these uh, there's the politicians are corrupt. They're all in the pocket of Falcone, all this stuff. So, I mean... Well, that's why I feel like the Riddler is sad at the end, because nobody cares that the politicians are all corrupt. Everyone's just too focused on his horrific acts, which is, like, ironic, you know? But at the same time, we're still gonna have to deal with all this corruption that's been exposed, because for once the internet conspiracy theorists were right. But, like, it's, it's still there. It's not gone. Like, we got, like, four guys. Oh, yeah. Gotham's always corrupt. You, you can't trust anybody. Like, yeah, that's... That is kind of funny, though. Yeah, it's like, no, no, nobody cares at the moment. Everybody's about to drown and be shot. Like, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like that. I hadn't thought of that that way before, Fox. That's that's cool. That is very ironic. But I think that's something that, again, they need to address in a sequel or in the sequel because we're getting one. So it's like a whole list of things that need to be addressed. Well, TV... Fox, you guys got any last story acting things? Because I want to talk about the visuals. I don't think so. I think I'm good. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, next we're going to do visuals and audio. And I got to say, I like the visuals quite a bit. Gotham feels like its own character in this. And that's awesome. I haven't got that from any of the other ones. And it's dark. It's broody. There's so many cool scenes and camera tricks they do. I love it. Yep. It's all, it's always raining. It's so grimy. Yeah, it's definitely got a, an atmosphere. It's really cool. I think it's the best Gotham's been in the movies. Like, you can argue that the Tim Burton Gotham also is its own character, but I prefer this take on it a lot more than the Burton one. And it's, yeah, it's just shot so well. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. The, the visuals overall, like costume design, the... The, yeah, the setting is just, it's all stellar. Something I noticed is most of this movie takes place at night in super dark areas, and they did a good way of lighting those scenes so I could still see things or using the shadows to its advantage. Like, Batman, is he hiding in the shadows? Where is he? You know, except he doesn't really do that in this one. He kind of just comes at you. He does that in one scene, though. My favorite scene that goes into the lighting, too. It's a... Uh... The elevator, he calls the elevator up, and it's, like, pitch black in there. And then, like, the, the scene is all lit by gunfire in that whole, like, section where they're blasting at him, and all you can see, yeah, you just see, like, glimpses of light as bullets are reflecting off his armor, and he's beating them down. But they do such a few scenes like that where it's all lit by either, like, a gunfire or just, like, that flare at the end. Like, it looks so cool. Man, that's my favorite scene in that hallway there. That's so good, man. There's so many good visual moments in this. Like, oh, there's almost too many to count because of how good it is and the style. I'd say I'll I'll save my gushing on it. But when like he's walking towards Penguin after he flips his car and it's got the theme playing and his boots hitting the ground. Fires burning behind him. The huge column of flames. That's so good. Audio. 
loved the little like Batman theme. I wanted more of it because um, it it was like a little motif for him. It was kind of like when Vader walks in. Yeah, it's a lot like that. <laughs> It's like a funeral march or something is what it sounds like. It's so cool. Just like two notes is really all it is, like in the main part of it. You know, it's just oh, so brooding. It's, it matches him perfectly. Yeah. Michael Giacchino, Kino? I don't know how you say his name, did the soundtrack for it. Man, man, he did a good job. Like batman shouldn't have so many killer themes for this but it's like <laughs> every movie that comes out like he has a a killer theme like the the batman 89 one killer theme with danny elfman and then hans zimmer in the nolan batman's killer theme again and then we got michael giacchino I'm so sorry, I can't say his last name. Killer theme again. And this one, it is so good. And it's like, even the Riddler and Catwoman's themes and motifs are so good in this. Like, the Riddler's is so creepy, but it fits so well. And like, oh, man. I found the Riddler's really interesting, too, because they use some classical music in this. I think the song is called Ave Maria or something like that. And, like, the Riddler's theme is pretty much that song, but, like, with, like, one singer singing it and, like, in a minor key instead of, like, the major key or whatever the normal – I don't think it's in major key, but whatever the normal song sounds like. It's, like, a more creepy version of it. Um, and, like, it's just such a cool dynamic because, yeah, they use that. And I think even um, the Batman theme with the Nirvana song, it's kind of similar. They kind of – like, the um, – the notes in that song are like, it's a bum, 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 bum. You know, it's the same kind of note dynamic that the, the theme of his has as well, but more dark and scary. It fits so well with the tone. It's, it's just perfect. You all know I'm not a big licensed music guy in these movies, but it it does fit. It does fit as much as I hate to admit it. I watched this yesterday. I went on a walk. I was just playing that song on repeat. I was like, mm, yeah, it's all grungy. I'm dark and brooding. <laughs> oh, man. You know, I think I said that on one of the Paul Thomas Anderson movies as well. And again, I feel like the audio design of this movie is just as integral as the visuals. Oh, there's so many iconic noises. Like we talked about his footsteps from the beginning. So creepy. The way the new Batmobile sounds. Ooh. holy smokes <laughs> scary yeah okay i I can't hold it in i loved the batmobile in this it was so cool like i didn't think it could get cooler than the tumbler but man just how they introduce it like everybody's in the middle of that gunfight catwoman's just like chain whipped some people and then like they're all trying to find batman and then all you hear is like the roar of the engine and then everybody looks and he turns the light on and then it's like <laughs> just starts whining like the jet turbine or whatever it is just starts whining. And I was like, oh, my God, this is awesome. You know, all the criminals start running. Yeah, they're like, uh oh, <laughs> he's, so good. he's just like, get in your car. It's time to chase. So intense and that chase scene. Ooh, that was so cool. <laughs> yeah, and it just looks cool. It also matches the theme. It's like a strip down or I guess stripped up. I don't know how you would call it, but like a muscle car, but with like a big old engine. 
And it sounds, yeah, so scary. <laughs> I don't blame the criminals for breaking into a, a sprint after hearing that. Uh, yes, are we ready for overall presentation? Feels like we could talk about this one for quite a while. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm ready. Let's do it. What's the ratings, TV? So we have a scale that goes from burn it, pass, watch it, or buy it in that order. We're all going to give a little spiel and then land out our ratings, but... Who knows where it'll land because it's a mystery. We're all very Riddler-like in that way. We've left a lot of clues in this episode about where we might land, but hmm, we'll see. Are you as smart as we think you are, listener? Hmm. <laughs> probably, yes. Yeah, probably. <laughs> you probably figured it out. But, um, you know, this movie, it's, it's really dark and gritty, and it kind of made me think back to my old personal PI days, private investigator, just, you know, taking on cases and there was this case of the mysterious podcaster he's leaving these audio files everywhere he'd always get there first he, there's if there was a topic somebody wanted to talk about they'd start begin to record and they'd look on their computer and there'd be a file there waiting for him and it would just it'd be this big long spiel with all these clues and riddles talking about this this topic that they wanted to cover so i've been hunting this guy down for years and i think i've gotten close i think i figured out who this man is who's been leaving all these these files around. He's always been the first one to cover any topic. And it's Mike. You got to out me like that live, huh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> live on That's air. Right. That's right. To all his followers. It took me years to find you, but we finally did it. I guess as is tradition, I'll go first. Um, so, you know what? Th this is a pretty solid Batman movie. Um, I've been kind of tired of batman admittedly because like everywhere i look he's he's there he doesn't hide in the shadows he hides on like walmart shelves and everywhere <laughs> i i can't get away from the guy but um you know this one was solid and i would watch another one of these the universe they create is pretty cool uh, my only complaints with this one are that i didn't get enough time with the riddler and the Bruce Wayne version of Batman was a little too edgy for me. Rest of it is like great, really solid. Felt like reading um, a Batman comic from like the New 52. So Batman in this, he kept saying he was vengeance. And somehow, you know, he's coming back with a vengeance because I'm going to have to give this a pretty strong watch it on my list. This is really, really good. Yeah, you probably guessed from this review that I enjoyed this one quite a bit. I agree with a lot of the stuff Mad Mike said, although I, I, I do love angsty Batman, angsty Bruce Wayne. Just kind of cracks me up, I don't know. It's fun. I won't rehash all my loves. You heard me have a few minor gripes, and honestly, those, those are really nothing in the face of what this is. We talked about it earlier, like, this is set up to maybe be my favorite, and in my opinion, the best Batman movie out there. We'll see how the sequel is. It's an easy buy, and I can't believe I'm not watching it again right now. This is the third time I've seen it. Probably do a fourth this weekend. I just can't get it off. I'll watch the whole thing through, just for the car scene and that gunfire hallway fight scene. I mean, good lord. Yeah, I, I, I love this movie. It is, like, I, in my opinion, it's the best Batman movie we've had. Um, it was a tough choice between this and The Dark Knight, but for me, I just love this interpretation of Bruce Wayne, of Batman, the angstiness. The grimy, dark, gritty uh, Gotham City that's always raining. It's just, there's such a cool vibe with that noir tone as well that I love. 
Riddler is a great villain, and there's some interesting dynamics and like inspirations between Batman and Riddler that I like. Honestly, I think this is like a masterpiece. I love this. I watched this in theaters. I was chomping at the bit for it to come onto streaming, and I was so excited to finally watch it again. I and the three hour length is not even like an issue for me. It's a super long movie, but I could just sit there and watch it. Like I don't feel that go. It goes by so quick. Like I don't feel like it drags at all for me. So I, I'm gonna give it a bite as well. I think this is such a good movie, man. I just every time I watch it, I just can't stop thinking about it. Man, this is a great first outing for a new Batman movie. It's funny. It seems like every time Warner Brothers screws it up, they always they always come back to the tried and true Batman to get a fresh new start. And that's what they're doing again with the Batman. And oh boy, it delivers. It packs a big punch. Is is great. What a first outing. Like to be the first one in a new Batman series of films and be this good, rivaling the Dark Knight even, man, that's that's pretty impressive. That's really impressive, actually, I'd say. And doing it in a way that we haven't seen before even, which makes it even more impressive that they're able to pull it off. It's just real good. It's a buy it from me. I love it. I love Batman, but this is like a legitimately pretty good mystery horror sometimes like saw and zodiac and seven that has some batman shenanigans thrown in there too like this i mean it's up there with dark knight and logan for like taking superhero movies a bit seriously nowadays and being able to pull it off you know so yeah definitely a buy it from me yeah, I was just thinking, like, uh, this could be a great, like, yeah, detective movie. If we just repl- took out all the, like, Batman elements, just renamed him something else. You know, he was just a dark and depressed detective, and the Riddler was just a crazy serial killer. Like, I think it would still work just about perfectly. Oh, yep. yeah. I do, too. There you have it. We've done our detective work for the night. We uncovered every bit of evidence in the That's Batman. Right. There's probably more, but at this point, (laughs) I think we've done enough. You can fill in the blanks yourself. I have another mystery for you guys. Since you're such good detectives, what's the next category going to be? Oh, hmm. So we're we're going to keep the trend going before we took our little break with the Batman. We're going to do another director series where we pick a director and we're going to watch four movies of... His films, I guess. Yeah. Um, There's probably a more elegant way to say that. But that's what we're doing, just like we did with Paul Thomas Anderson. But this time, Dan's picked in the director. I got to bring it back to one of my favorite directors. I've seen a ton of his movies, but there's a ton of them I haven't seen also. I'm picking Akira Kurosawa. Oh, yeah. Excellent. This is great news for my unwatched but still owned for some reason in my collection (laughs) (laughs) i have so many of this guy's movies but i have not watched hardly any of them so this will be good oh yeah i'm excited and speaking of movies that i own but haven't watched that's what i'm picking first i got the first pick here and i'm going with maybe his most famous movie i don't know uh it's the one that's probably the most recognizable for most people uh, I would say, at least by title, The Seven Samurai. Ooh. Oh, yeah. 
It is a classic. I mean, I think if you haven't seen it, this is probably one if you're into film and movies, you should watch it at some point. Definitely. Most of, like, <laughs> action cinema derives from this. I, I think I bought this used. I bought the Criterion uh, disc Blu-ray for this at, like, a CD trade post. <laughs> That's just been sitting, <laughs> waiting for me to open it up and watch it. So this will be nice. But in the meantime, if any of your listeners out there want to get in contact with us, you can find us on Facebook or Twitter at Run the Real, or you can email us at runtherealpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you thought about the Batman. Where does it stand for you in the like echelon of Batman films or Batman media? Is it your favorite? Is it not? Do you like it? Do you hate it? I want to know all this stuff. I just want to talk about the Batman. I could I I seriously I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed. He's like the Riddler. He's obsessed with the Batman. <laughs> He's inspired me. I'm going to start putting on a mask. Call me the real man. Run the real man. <laughs> the real man. <laughs> he has a, instead of like a movie, one of them like real things, he has like a fishing rod and he's going to really. In. Oh, yeah. It's, it's got nothing to do with movies at all. I'm just, yeah, I'm a fisherman. <laughs> the real man. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we'll get in contact with us. And the real man here at Run the Real, we'd love to hear from you. And take the journey with us back to 1954 if you're feeling it. It is like a landmark film. So go check it out and tune back in. But anyways, thanks for going on the detective hunt with us tonight for that final score. Um, this is Run the Real, signing off. Mm-hmm.